Hello and welcome to the High Republic. It's the Rogue Padron spinoff where I get all my friends and family to come together and talk to me about Star Wars The High Republic properties. And when my co-hosts can't be bothered, I go out and dredge up some other people to have the conversation with me. And this week, I'm so glad to have found uh, really scraping the bottom of the barrel here, but I found them. Mm, the ultimate it's... dredges. <laughs> this is the absolute dregs of Star Wars podcasting. <laughs> The galaxy is at peace, ruled by the glorious Republic and protected by the noble and wise Jedi Knights. This is the era of the High Republic. Welcome, Bitter So and Dakota from Skyhoppers. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having Quiet. us back. Thank you yeah. so much. So it's great. This is our Rising Storm crew. That was a good one. And it's our don't I would never tell you this. I don't know why I'm telling you this. You don't need this information. It is our most downloaded episode of the High Republic to date. Whoa. Yeah, we I didn't love need that. that information. Our heads are already huge. I, I... <laughs> Perfect. I yep. love it. Yeah. So, what what did we cover last time? <laughs> the rising, the rising storm. storm. Right, right. The rising storm. <laughs> the one you know, where the... everyone was sad because Wet Bub was not there. Oh, I still bring up Wet Bub all the time. You was gonna say you just brought up Wet Bub on the show last week, I believe. I did. Wet Bub wasn't this though. I say we could legitimately bring Wet Bub up. <laughs> should we start there? We're we talking about there. the Tempest Runner audio drama. Uh, full spoilers. No notes. Casual combo. You know the deal by <laughs> no now. Uh, what did you think about hearing wet blub in wet blub wet blub, <laughs> wet, blub, 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 wet blub in the flesh? I loved it. I yeah, it was great. Who not was? Uh, yeah, it was so nice. I think hear. it was Mark Thompson, wasn't it? That yeah, that's what I was just gonna look up before I said it because I didn't want to sound stupid, but I'm pretty sure it was Mark Thompson. Um. Yeah, so. I just I just googled wet bub, which I immediately felt like maybe mm. I'd regret, but I think I'm okay. <laughs> well, as long as you're not image searching wet bub, I think that's when you're really gonna <laughs> run into. That's when you'll really run into trouble. Yikes! Um, yeah. Doesn't actually say who voiced him on here. Yeah, that's well. Strange. He's he's such a he has a really minor appearance, right? In Tempest yeah, Runner, very few. Um, yeah, an Easter egg for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I. Uh, <laughs> I'm what are you laughing about? Wet, <laughs> wet bub as an Easter egg. <laughs> <laughs> the worst Easter egg. Um, I don't know. I think Mark Thompson did a fantastic job, especially for Marcion. Marcion, where do we stand on this podcast? I say Marcion. I can't remember. We, I go say, we, back we and call forth. him Mr. Rowe. Mr. Rowe. Mr. <laughs> Rowe. Dakota, I know you and I have talked about this. Mark Thompson's voice for Marcion Rowe is phenomenal. It's like yeah, got this uh... weird... He's such a dweeb. He is a dweeb. He sounds like he's like, he sounds like a mouth breather. Yeah. He's mouth breathing <laughs> the whole time. Which yeah. makes him that much more terrifying as a villain, honestly. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like, those are the terrifying villains in real life. Uh-huh. Yeah. Incels. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that it was perfect. Um obviously 
voice cast. Um, and I think that the direction he took it was perfect also. Yeah. So let's, okay, let's, let's, uh, Webbub is Web here. Up. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Let's zoom out. The The question I wanted to ask to open this was, did your views on Lorna D as a character change from the beginning to the end of this audio drama? Because I feel like that's generally the intent when we have these like character focus. It's like, mm-hmm. let's get in their head, mm-hmm. learn their backstory, you know, go on a journey with them. I already thought she was super cool. And I think that this just made me think that she's even cooler and gave me reasons to think that she's cool besides just uh, her general badassery and um, aesthetic. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is very concise. I feel like my thoughts are, as usual, <laughs> less less concise. Um, I you two balance each other. It's, it's good to have you out as a balance, pair. Powerful light, powerful dark. I... And Danny right in the middle. <laughs> That's why you hate me so much. <laughs> Hey, I've never said that I hate you. If anything, that those those vibes only go one way, Danny, and I'm right, on the receiving right. on the I, receiving I, end I, of all of it. Look, I love a one-sided rivalry. I can't help myself. <laughs> well, okay. Hatred's one thing. Rivalry, I can get behind a rivalry. We can okay, I will officially right. declare my rivalry with you right now. But anyway, as for Lorna D, I did like Lorna D. I felt like she was easily the most underdeveloped of the Tempest Runners, and of course, mm seeing now that we've got this whole audio drama about her that makes sense that's why um Mm -hmm. i definitely like her character i like that we got more of her motivations i we're not there yet we're not there yet we're not talking about the actual (laughs) thing yet um i do like lorna d and i loved lorna d throughout this whole thing um she has kind of what i she has an arc similar to what i wanted kylo ren to do in the sequel trilogy where she Mm -hmm. is like no, I can be anything. I'm I'm gonna be bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I, be I bad. I choose the dark. Exactly. I choose to be yeah. evil. And I do yeah. respect uh, that. That's I what I liked about great. this because it wasn't sort of the cut and paste uh like, okay, let's make the villain relatable and give them some redeeming qualities. Like there was that. We get the backstory, you know, we we identify and relate to her more as a um person. Uh but at the end of the day, she's still like Bitch, no, I'm evil. <laughs> yeah. And, and I make that were, choice. There were parts in the book where I, I can't remember specifics right now, but there were parts where I thought, oh, maybe she's going to do a, a heel turn here. Oh, at all some the time. Point. But no. She Near sure constantly. Not. Near constantly. Yeah. I thought that she might flip around. Um, yeah. And there was, you spend so much time with her growing up and her over the course of her life that mm-hmm. like, I wanted her to. Yeah. You know, obviously I'm okay to like Lorna D good or bad. But I wanted her to flip because obviously it's mm-hmm. I like the good characters more often than yeah. not. Um, mm-hmm. She did not give me that. <laughs> she did not give me what I wanted, no. and I think that's okay. But You're it was getting a lifetime pattern of Lorna D not satisfying <laughs> you personally, <laughs> or anyone but herself. Yeah, right. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to. I have other thoughts, but I don't want to get too far off the the question, the prompt. So I'll wait. I'll wait to share them. Yeah, no, I mean, I did, this was just kind of a diving in point because I feel like when I look at, I mean, it's it's hard not to compare this to Afra and Dooku, right? Our other two audio dramas. It, mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, it was very similar in sort of the premise in that let's take this character, let's give, let's explore their backstory, let's give them a story uh, to make them more of a relatable human. 
Right. Uh, and if I oh go ahead, Danny, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I think that was the end of the thought. And in, in that, like in both of those, um I don't know. I, I think well, I guess here's the question. Yeah, of the three, like I feel like Lorna D as a character benefited the most from that treatment. Uh in my eyes anyways, as far as like becoming more of a developed and fully fleshed character. And right. Afra is a little unfair because that was just an adaptation of a comic we already read. There <laughs> right. was very little new material there, but but definitely Dooku, which was the other one that Kevin Scott wrote. Um, I enjoyed it, but I think this one worked better for me personally. I was going to say that's the next thing I wanted to jump into and say that these are this was the best of the three that we've gotten. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's particularly close. And this is coming from someone ew, who likes Count Dooku and thought Jedi Lost mm-hmm. was really mm-hmm. good. Um, and Dr. Mm-hmm. Afra is like one of my favorite Star Wars characters of all time. Um, but this one... Yeah. I think this one benefited a lot from a not being an adaptation of something we had already seen yep. and B being a true audio drama. Like I'm always mm-hmm. beating that drum. I love the original star, you know, the NPR radio dramas. I'm all about that. I'm all about the star Wars radio dramas for audio dramas from the nineties. And this one, I was really excited for Jedi lost, but Jedi lost kind of lacked some of that for me because it had a narrator. There was always that mm-hmm. narrator who's kind of framing yeah. everything and then Afra was an adaptation, and also Afra acted as kind of a narrator to tie everything yeah. in. Whereas this one is like, this is told entirely through dialogue, maybe with a few little bits that I'm not thinking about. But this I don't was, think so. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. There's is... never a point where Lorna D is like, and that was when I began to reflect on my life choices that led me up to this point. <laughs> she doesn't right. have time and... for that. No, she doesn't. And I think this. I was really, really happy to get six hours of that. Of yeah. just this is a play happening with the the all the I say awkward, but it's how you have to do it in an audio medium. The kind of like really descriptive, like, oh my god, this person who's I've I've just stumbled on Lang with a blaster wound in their body, you know? <laughs> like I noticed that you've mm-hmm. changed your outfit from the previous one I saw <laughs> to a formal yeah. ball gown that is sparkly yeah. and red. Yep, and I love I loved it. Um and that's what mm-hmm. I'm here for. So I was not only was I super excited for it, uh just out the gate but actually getting into it and saying okay this is what i've wanted the other two to be at least in terms of structure i'm i was all in within the first half hour or so i was sold yeah yeah it was really nice that they just fully leaned into it this time yes uh, and it didn't feel like an audiobook it felt like an audio drama which the other two felt kind of like audiobooks um mm-hmm. which and i'm with you i really liked both of the other two i liked the marginally more development we got for Afra in that one um and plus it was fun because that's just a great story even though we've already heard it um mm-hmm. but yeah this one fully leaning into the audio drama thing I'm excited for them to keep doing that hopefully <laughs> yeah I agree and, and I mean I think it's it's part of it is probably a testament to the uh like Kevin Scott as an author like that you know it's it's a it's a learned practice and mm-hmm. and you know I, I as far as i understand he had never written an audio drama before dooku so sort of like having that as a first skill like that was a darn good audio drama for your first time writing an audio drama script and then uh mm-hmm. seeing this it was take off and even just like for looking sure. at the star wars audio drama catalog as a whole again like these three that we've had in these last few years they're they're unto themselves like we kind of have like you said the adaptations from many decades ago of the original trilogy and there was there are a couple others of like but those were all video game adaptations too right like have we ever had like independent stories like this this is why i brought you on because you you know this (laughs) 
the audio drama. The audio not drama. that I'm aware what's of. The, what's the Kyle there's, Katarn there's actually, one? That's a video game adaptation, right? Yeah, yeah. Dark yeah. Uh, Dark Forces. That yes. the Dark Forces trilogy is a video game adaptation. The other two big ones that I'm thinking of are comics uh, adaptation of comics that are also again not independent, not uh, new stories. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think you're right. As far as officially licensed stuff, we didn't get very much that was totally unique in the audio yeah. sphere. So it's so pretty I've... cool to see that evolution happening kind of before us to be able to point to like, oh, this is the style changed mm-hmm. from here to here. Like I, I didn't consciously think about the, the narrator piece of it, but you're totally right. Like Asajj Ventress's role in that and mm-hmm. Dooku was to, mm-hmm. was to fill in the narrator and seeing that Kevin and the team have like now figured out how to, how to present this in a really compelling way without the narrator. It's really cool. And I do want to be clear. I cannot speak highly enough of the other two. There are parts in the mm-hmm. Afro one that really, even though we yeah. had already seen it, especially parts with Afro and uh, Sana, it's just like yes. there were times where I was like almost brought to tears just because of how mm-hmm. the performances. It was oh, yeah. this is not why we're here though. We're here, but we're here for Lorna D today. <laughs> no, that's not okay. Afro. You, you can hear my thoughts about Dooku at our Dooku episode. You can hear me and Saf go at it because Saf hated the Dooku audio drama. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it was silly at best, ah. so you know. <laughs> but I. It, that has a special place in my heart because I do. I love this medium as uh, an mm-hmm. audio person, so mm. it's great. And and speaking of sort of like the intro, the introduction, like I I thought that what worked so well in a lot of ways, the first hour of this audio drama was the same as the first hundred fifty pages of Light of the Jedi, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's just like they threw you into this action sequence, and it's just like the the clock is ticking. We're counting down. We know Lorna D is going to get captured by the end of this because that's mm-hmm. literally the synopsis of the story. <laughs> but it's like mm-hmm. seeing how we're getting there as we get closer and closer to the moment happening. And it's just like action without any sort of uh, preamble. And it was like it, it felt cinematic. Like it was really mm-hmm. riveting, I thought. It did. Yep. Um, I guess great. there was a small I guess <laughs> there is a at the beginning, there is a deep voice that is very scratchy and very beat up. Did you two write out? He kind of acts as a bit of a narrator kind of framing that part of the story mm-hmm. uh did you two know that was pan ada just like right out the gate because i uh i thought i had a feeling yeah no i thought the person that he was talking to was um so i was close but i was wrong <laughs> because then he kills that person <laughs> oh yeah just absolutely <laughs> yeah wipes the floor with him um I actually talked about this on Royally Screwed a couple nights ago. Uh, plug, crossover, <laughs> check out my other podcast. Uh, but I'm really stupid when it comes to <laughs> like media. Like the amount of media that I have consumed, you think that I'd begin to pick up on like clues and foreshadowing <laughs> stuff, but I never do. Uh-huh. Like, oh my gosh, that character is pregnant and that's why they've been throwing up for this entire episode. <laughs> Did not see that coming. Like, I'm great to watch TV shows with because I'm always surprised. And so like, yeah, I never in a million years was like, oh my gosh, Pan Ada, but that would have happened. I'm like, oh, Pan Ada, that's so great. Of course, great. it's Pan Ada. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, why didn't I see that coming? But of course I didn't see it because I never see it coming. And I mean, again, I know I'm kind of jumping around a lot, but speaking of Pan Ada, the relationship between the two of them, the whole time it's Ugh. it's like on again off again in the worst way where i'm just yeah i'm like if they team up it's it's nice but also like it's not because they're both really like powerful <laughs> and cunning people so yeah. it's not good for the republic if they team up you know just all this there was so much tension just throughout the whole thing at points where i'm like literally clenching up because i'm so yep. anxious about what's coming next and yeah. pan was at the center of a lot of that yeah 
Uh, yeah, and that's one of the such fun things about the High Republic is like we have no idea what's going to happen. No, <laughs> um, and like with these characters, especially, it's we don't like <laughs> she could have died in this in this she drama. She could have, like, and I thought about that multiple times where I was like, uh-huh. we don't know that she gets out the other side of this. No, <laughs> yeah, that was on my bingo card too for sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Pan and Lorna are like the most game of thronesy of the game of thrones <laughs> nile uh, where it's just like i never know what anyone's actual intentions are and again part of this is might be see previous conversation i'm kind of stupid <laughs> but like I, I like i think that they are really well written in that like they're always double triple quadruple quintuple crossing mm-hmm. each other and i just i never know until it's all said and done like who was yeah. actually loyal to who and how they were like they're both using each other always like that's assumed but like mm-hmm. are they using each other in a way that's going to benefit both of them or is one of them going to be screwed in the end like I, i'm never sure and i i like to see that um mm-hmm. because the nile originally i think dakota we've talked about this a little bit the nile are described as anarchist and like you know you that of course you get the popular it's the popular edition the definition of anarchists where they're not like you know, like community and all this stuff. They're just like, yeah, let's wreck They're shit. That's edgy. all we want to do. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, uh, okay. So that was kind of a letdown. And then throughout yeah. Light of the Jedi, I felt like it was, I was kind expecting of... anarchists. <laughs> right. And I was expecting like, well, what I wanted too from the, uh, it seems like the great hyperspace disaster kind of came and went. It's like, yeah. that was the, I was expecting a lot with hyperspace and that's still on the table. Um, and I think it will be their sport, but I was expecting, I was just expecting different things from the Nile. So to see them get, I mean. Get out of the shadows. Yeah. Yeah. That okay. too. That was, yes. But, so I know we are kind of moving in a more uh, yeah. nuanced direction. We're learning more about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was but just curious w- because that's like, as far as hyperspace goes, like that, that is sort of the next time that it comes up in a big way. And I thought. Yes. Um, anyway, it's a different um, conversation, but. Uh, I did think that one was very good as well. Um <laughs> Surprise! I have not read a High Republic book I didn't like yet, um, but I was really happy to see that. Like, obviously, this is going to be all about the Nile. It's all about Lorna D, mm-hmm. and seeing how you know to to see them quintuple cross each other time and time again, all the mm-hmm. layers and all the politicking that goes on. It's just not. I don't want to say it's not something I'm used to seeing for Star Wars big bads, but if we're looking at just movie trilogies then certainly this is not something we're used to. This is a new yeah. thing because the bad guys in those tend to just be, you know, they're the bad side. They are the, they are the antagonists and that's, that's the extent of it. That's all you need to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, real good. Was, uh... And I have to say, I am so glad that Pan Ada did die. Presumably we've seen him die before, so. <laughs> but he seems yeah. pretty dead at the end of this one because my God, he sounded miserable this entire thing. He... Like he's, he's like yeah. on the brink of death the entire time. And it was uncomfortable to listen to at times. Cause I'm just like, Oh dude, you <laughs> just need to die already. Just let it go. Are, go ahead and die. <laughs> the only thing keeping you alive is pure rage. And otherwise yeah. like, physiologically speaking like you should be six feet under by now and see that's that's those are some of the parts where i was getting super tense where it's like pan is like screaming i will not die unless you die with me and it's like (laughs) oh my god please let yourself (laughs) go let go (laughs) oh man yeah i'm with you that was that was tough Mm -hmm. dakota were you gonna say something else before i cut you off there yeah but i don't remember okay great happens frequently (laughs) I never remember if I don't say it. No, you don't have to worry too much about cutting Dakota <laughs> off. No. 
Um, so then, yeah, Panetta, God for good. I think he's probably gone for good. He sounded, you know, it's it'd be one thing if he came back full strength at the beginning of this, but he certainly did not. He yeah. was at like thirty three percent through most of the book, <laughs> you know. Yeah, his, his health meter was very it was low. very low already. He was one med pack away from. <laughs> yes, I think he's gone. So can you tell I, what game I've been playing on the Switch all weekend long? <laughs> I just stabbed my I stabbed my leg. I don't know if you it, saw that, Danny. Yes. <laughs> Or is I, I guess don't it's get a, these references. Yeah, it's um, uh, Knights of the Old Republic, the original High Republic. Oh, okay. Have you heard of it? It's good. Yeah, uh, it's really good. I haven't. Okay, interesting. Um, that so that's I remembered something I think okay. related. Um, I'm I started losing it when I started thinking about <laughs> Old Republic. So, uh, <laughs> give me a second. Oh yeah, so him. I think he's probably dead. And one reason for that is while I was listening to it, I couldn't help but think about like how consequential the story was going to be in regards to the rest of the High Republic, because this is probably going to be one of the things that like people who are keeping up with the High Republic, like lower on people's lists, I'm sure. guessing. Since it's sure. a diff not since it's not a book. Um so I was wondering how consequential they could possibly make it and bringing back pan ada i was like oh they are taking this uh they're making this like important and then like at by the end of it it's kind of he's in the same boat as uh when like when the audio drama begins you're pretty sure he's dead (laughs) yeah it's Um, a smart move right because if you go straight from rising storm to whatever the next book is Pan is not there, and you're like, right, because he died in the Rising yeah. Storm. Yeah, right, he's dead. <laughs> like, the most consequent... It's not, like... They didn't make it inconsequential, because Lorna's new ship, I feel like, is a big deal. And yeah. she is definitely in, like... She has more leverage over Mr. Rowe, um, <laughs> I think. And so, like, there's some different dynamics, for sure, after this. So it was... It did end up being more consequential than I kind of expected it to be. Mm-hmm. Um especially looking at it from the pan ada perspective um yeah so i don't know what do you all think about that did you the pan ada perspective sounds like the worst podcast ever <laughs> <laughs> well it exists isn't that just uh what's his name from um fear factor uh joe rogan the pan <laughs> yeah joe rogan isn't that just joe rogan <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> Panada perspective. Panada is the Joe Rogan of Star Wars. Um maybe the real one should take a hint from Panada, but yeah. that's not a it's not a threat. It's not a threat. I am legally not culpable for what I just said. No. You didn't kill Panada. I no. I also that's don't think Joe <laughs> I also don't think Joe Rogan should die. I just think he should stop podcasting. Yeah. Just to be clear. But and as far as I might have, public. yes, I might have killed Panetta. Maybe it's hard to say. Oh, okay. I'll have to wait for uh, the fallen star to come out. Find out probably for sure. Yeah, when Panetta makes his third epic comeback. <laughs> See, oh, that's what I was so thinking sad. about. Too. He'll he'll like stand up and be like, "I'm back," and someone will just like <laughs> tap him, and he'll fall over and just he'll die. Fall over. <laughs> He's officially dead. He's officially dead got at him. that point. Yeah, Dakota, that's actually a really good point because I, it's, it's, a bl- canon is a blessing and a curse, right? Where it's like mm-hmm. if things are, where something would start like Star Wars Visions, 
you don't watch it thinking how consequential is this going to be mm-hmm. anywhere in your mind because it's, no, it's it, not. Well, it, it just isn't. It just is not. Yeah. And that's kind of freeing in its own way. But as you're listening to something like this, it's hard to not think, how much is this going to matter? In what ways will this matter? And yeah, Danny, that was a good point of like, well, Pan 8 is in the same spot that he was before. Yeah. So if he does come back again, no one who hasn't listened to it is out anything. Yeah. I mean, I think it's yeah. kind of part of the the larger sort of balancing act that they're trying to do with this whole initiative, because the whole idea, like when they first announced this, the idea was there are five different publishing um, sort of things, right? We've got the adult novels, young adult novels, middle grade novels, the adult comics, the junior comics. And mm-hmm. the intention was anyone can follow any one of those five things mm-hmm. and feel like they are a part of the story. That's... They've been more or less successful, I would say, with with that. But on the whole, I, I think they've done a really good job of that. And that, I think, is is pretty unprecedented. We have, we've seen mm-hmm. sort of like we've seen we've seen uh, shades of this in other publishing initiatives and sort of like in universe storytelling. But I think like this is definitely the most ambitious Absolutely. version oh, of this yeah. they've done so far. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I this think is... it's really valuable to, like, for people who have time and, <laughs> like, all that. It's super, uh, I don't know, it's been really fun for me, anyway, to read all of them. And, mm-hmm. like, because you get just little bonus details, and it's really fun. But I feel like it's totally been working where you could just The ability read to please completionists and casual fans yes. at the same time is really, like, that's incredible. Like, that's what I don't know really how you do that. Yeah. I don't know how you do that. Yeah, two very different groups of people with two very different needs and approaches mm-hmm. to media. Mm-hmm. But I mean, in a way, it's kind of like the MCU too, right? Where like, at least for a while, it's, yeah, I think it's become totally. a little too interconnected at this point. But at the beginning, you could just like watch the Iron Man trilogy and be like, great, that's Iron Man's story yep. done. Or you could show up for Avengers and like still get it. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think it's just like the larger world of in-universe, multi, or yeah, multi-universe storytelling that is sort of the big thing in in popular media right now right and i'm really hoping that this is nothing this is nothing against marvel um i'm hoping though that this is probably as close as star wars ever truly gets to like mcu um obviously Mm -hmm. they're looking at doing something similar for uh the disney plus shows um Mm -hmm. that and that's okay i just would like to see the movies this is where they can explore that and this is where that gets to be really interesting because i don't love it when everything in star wars that's coming out is tied into the big like the tv show or the big movie you know but if things are just tied into themselves that's like that's what i love about star wars that's why i'm here <laughs> you know sorry so. did you did you say movies oh has, right too has soon no one told sorry. you ben uh yeah they're not doing star wars movies anymore yeah that's done <laughs> <At least>. yeah <laughs> <laughs> they're just gonna announce like... a new one every year and then cancel it a couple of years later and, and well they'll push it back first chance to notice they'll push it back <laughs> first push it back a few times <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's when get back I... to Lorna D. Oh, yes, let's... please. No, mine was not related to Lorna D. So carry on. Okay. <laughs> um, her backstory, and and well, let's let's talk a little more broadly first. Like, we love Ryloth world building, uh, oh. and I mean, in this case, it's a colony of Ryloth. Uh, but like, a colony of Ryloth a couple hundred years before what we've seen of Ryloth in Clone Wars, Bad Batch, um, mm-hmm. Lords of the Sith, by. <laughs> Paul Kemp? Is that who Paul S. Kemp, yeah. Paul yeah. S. Kemp. Look at that deep cut. That's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, uh, like, how did this... Paul Kemp. <laughs> how did this work for you as far as, like, a, you know, a, the the recent 
past of this planet that we know a lot about already. What do you think? I thought it was great. Sorry, Dakota, I'm jumping in first. Um, I this It's one of those things where Ryloth in, I'll say, contemporary Star Wars storytelling, you know what I mean, though, like in-universe, kind of where we've been focused, Ryloth has been torn apart. It's been war. It's been the focus of, you know, the site of countless battles. There's always something bad happening there. It's being exploited. And I guess as far as Ryloth proper, we don't really know that much about it from this. But I was happy to see that, okay, here is a... These are Twi'leks that are not only independent, doing their own thing. They get to have their own system of government. They get to uh, look after themselves for the most part. But also, like, they weren't tied up in the underworld. And actually, you know, whatever his name was, Lorna's father was, like, really opposed to that. And that's just one of those things, because Star Wars likes to... I'm sure it's, you know, it's been the subject of countless jokes that Star Wars likes to kind of make alien species one-note things. And it's like, oh, Bib Fortuna was a slaver. All the Twi'leks are either slavers or slaves. Yeah. But they're all about spice. And it's like, it doesn't have to be that way, though. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be that way. So I was happy to see, not only, it was sad to see Lorna come from a relatively, you know, a nice upbringing. But also, it was nice to see a Twi'lek society that was well off it was functioning and it's obviously they that colony was having its own struggles but it wasn't being say you know i don't know i just think there was there was something interesting about that and it wasn't just more mm-hmm. oh this is ryloth it's kind of seedy and there are problems rampant mm-hmm. i don't know yeah. i hope that made sense yeah well they... the, and how the way it ended with them being taken over by this group that is going to make yeah. them more seedy and right <laughs> right yeah. so kind of pushing us in that direction in a way too Right. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Um, <laughs> there was kind of like an origin for their seediness. Um, so, uh, I can't remember. Were they? They were colonizing somewhere, right? Is this? Yeah, but it was, it was one of the moons of Ryloth. Uh huh. But they called okay. it a colony. I gotcha. didn't get the impre- I didn't get the impression that there were any sentient species living there. Yeah. Okay. That's what yeah. I was trying to remember. That if they my... were like right, right, colonists, right. That's... colonists, or if they were. <laughs> no, I think I I get the feel. Aeloth, I think, was the name of the moon. Um, yeah. But I I kind of got the vibe. I got the vibe yeah, that it was Aeloth. further out, that it wasn't a moon of Ryloth. But I don't know. It's in the Gallus sector of the Outer Rim territories. I stand corrected. Not a moon of Ryloth. I was just, yeah. I was gonna say I thought it wasn't, but I mm-hmm. don't. Want to be is a planet like that TM planet, yeah. all the uh-huh. time? No, that's good. Yeah, I, I don't know why I had okay. that. In my I brain. wonder when that got decided. I don't. I wonder when that. Well, because it's literally called Aeloth. You know, it's like it sounds. It's I don't know. Makes sense to me. But mm-hmm. well, they named it. I think I don't know. I thought it was cool. It's yeah. Wait, what's the connection I'm yeah. missing? I, it sounds like Ryloth. Ryloth. Aeloth. Oh. That's what I. Yeah. That's okay. what I heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, that's the Twilight name for it. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I really, I, I did, I agree. I appreciated sort of seeing like Lorna came from a family that was very upstanding and had good <laughs> morals. Uh, but even as a kid, like she was like, no, this is stupid. We're shooting ourselves in the foot. <laughs> um, so, so like we see her go through like some super traumatic shit, but also <laughs> yeah. it's a nature versus nurture thing that like part of her was, was sort of power hungry from the get go. That was the nature yeah. of this, right? And then we see the nurture happen to her over and over and over again. So that by the end, I'm like, yeah, no wonder you're choosing to be evil. Like, there's, you don't have any other option. (laughs) 
and that's that's was it was very complicated because it's you know she's gets into all this stuff with these these spice runners trying to overthrow her family and she's like oh well they'll be safe it'll be fine and then they get locked in a bunker and all of them are shot and killed yeah and it's Whoops. and it's Ooh. like that is that's really that that was another one of those parts where I'm like they're not gonna kill them all are they and oh and sure they enough, did they did yeah. and I was just like holy crap this dark. poor girl. <laughs> Uh-huh. This poor girl. Um, yeah, it was just a very, you know, the first in a long string of just straight ass that this girl had to yeah. put up with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got a little confused about Midway when she was um, she was working for the Republic Correctional Group, like doing manual labor on a planet and then flashing mm. back to a time when she was doing manual labor as a slave. Got a little right. bit muddy mm. there. But also sort of like the the reflection of like how she was different in those two situations. I thought was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. 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 I forgot about that part, but yes, I agree. <laughs> um, I do have some questions about the Republic and their correctional vessel. Uh-huh. Uh, because uh, hello commentary on the prison industrial complex. Yeah. <laughs> and also, like, I do believe that all the characters we met like had good intentions, and like yeah. the project on paper is a good thing. But like, is it possible for this to be good, or is it always going to end up being corrupt? And is that just yes. the reality of <laughs> the reality uh, of prison? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, because I mean, they they made it clear it's like they are not making any money. This is yep. you know practically mm-hmm. slave labor, and it's like, yep. yeah, they're trying to rebuild the republic, but maybe just actually put some resources to it in like an official capacity and not exploit these people. Who, in the case of I, literally as I was listening to it, kept forgetting her name, but the friend that Lorna makes in prison, mm-hmm. um, Quinn, the, is it Quinn? No, not Quinn, because Quinn's the other Nihil. I'm talking okay. about the other Twi'lek with the oh, who had okay. her kid, who with her kids. Seston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's it. Um, and it's just yes. like she was clearly a good person. Like she wanted to see Lorna succeed and wanted her to be air quotes rehabilitated. Now that's obviously a very loaded word, but you know what I mean. Like she wanted to see her, uh, turn her life around and get be, you know, be that good person that like Seston saw in her. Um. But yeah, as we've said, Lorna just kind of quashed that over and over again. Uh, overall, I was left with a kind of with a very bad taste in my mouth about the Republic correctional ship. To get back on topic, to answer the question, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was very interesting to see them, quote unquote, go there. Um, and I mean, it's kind of it, it's been this trend I, again as we've sort of progressed through this first year of the High Republic. Is Light of the Jedi makes the Republic look very good. There are a couple like hints and rumblings of like issues, but for the most part, it's like it's it's portrayed as like aspirational and good. And then as we go more and more, we're sort of uncovering. And and I think Out of the Shadows was another example of mm-hmm. when we talked about this on that episode of like we're really seeing how like no, actually, it's already a political machine that doesn't get anything done because right. uh, yep. what's your face has to stand in line at the DMV for ten hours in order to <laughs> like make any significant yeah. change. Even th- and then they just like. <laughs> say go talk to someone else like call your representatives and they'll fix it for you you know (laughs) right yeah uh but that this was really a different side of things to see like yeah the people that do bad in the eyes of the republic are yeah they're they're not being set on a course for success no and i okay i think i i won't belabor this point i do 
think, you know, it's like, I think this is valuable commentary. And of course, I agree with what's being said here for the most part. Um, I do wish we would have gotten because only we're only moving forward in time. Right. I would assume so. And from now on, mm-hmm. uh, I would have liked to see an era, at least the end of an era where the Republic was the aspirational thing that we that it was and it's possible it never was and that's something i'm willing to accept but i do that's like the big I, philosophical question right yeah like, is it possible work? for an institution like that ever no. be anything other right. than corrupt yeah right and and see i well Absolutely i don't know i think <laughs> i i've made i've made no secret of in the past of uh how i feel and the kind of storytelling that i like to see in star wars i do like to see that kind of aspirational stuff there and mm, even yeah. if in a, it's like it's not real it's all fake yeah for one book, well, I guess Light of the Jedi is maybe that book where it's like you don't mm-hmm. see the bad parts of the Republic. You get to see it be aspirational and you can kind of mm-hmm. maybe delude yourself into thinking that it starts <laughs> to get worse as yeah. the books go on as opposed to it was bad from the get-go. So uh-huh. I don't know. I like to see that you kind of aspiration. I prefer Star Wars fiction that allows me to delude myself. That's that's what I'm looking for in my fiction. <laughs> that's the whole reason I'm here. Um... <laughs> it's called escapism, Right. Right. It's healthy. <laughs> I'm 28 years old. It's healthy. <laughs> yeah, maybe one day someone will write a Star Wars utopia, but then it wouldn't really be Star Wars, I don't think. So, right. Just star. <laughs> Just star. Just star. I like stars. They're uh-huh. cool. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Yeah. Yeah. Freaks. Interstellar is a great movie. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm not going to talk about that here because it's not why we're here. <laughs> <laughs> um what else okay so the ending the, the ending. lorna's choice to okay the scene of the escape pod was so tense oh my god oh my and, god and like yeah i the whole time i'm just like neither of them are gonna make it out alive she one one gets to make it out alive right was that the whole thing i'm, I'm kind of forgetting the details on this but basically it's like the details of it's cested and wittick and wittick is like the correctional officer that kind of has a thing for her and they've like bonded and he like believes right. in her and wants to see her and and she like is able to save one of them and it's the question of whether she's going to or not because that could that could end up hurting her in the long run but she mm-hmm. does end up saving Seston who will thank goodness get to see her kids again mm-hmm. at the end of the day uh, and yeah. she does it surprise surprise save the person that believes that there's good inside of her <laughs> <laughs> loved that yeah <laughs> it, okay that's what it was I knew that and it might just be Uh, partially because I read them close together. Um, That part reminded me of uh, Battlefront 2, the book. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I couldn't remember why I was associating them. And I feel like that was, she did like the opposite thing that, what's her name? I don't know names. Um, Iden. Iden? Iden, yes, thank you. That <laughs> she made like the opposite choice of Iden, and I was into it. Okay, so you just conflated the two. That's been so long. Yeah. I don't know what choice you're talking about. It's been so long since I've read that book. Same. I need to go back to because it because she didn't shoot what's his name. Oh right. Yes. Yeah. What's his name? God, creating <laughs> the so Wars much. Guy. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I forgot he was in that. No spoilers for Battlefront Two <laughs> Inferno Squad. <laughs> I'm glad well, you brought that up, though, because Aiden and Aynan sound very similar. And every time Aynan was mentioned, I was like, Aynan, what? Yeah. No, no, Aynan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that was Lorna's brother, correct? Mm-hmm. Aynan, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Kind I'm of a speaking, weasel. 
s- mm. kind of speaking of her time on Aeloth, I felt like it was really like I had a lot of secondhand pain whenever she like broke her leg or whatever. Like that scene yeah. where the blur falls over on her. It's like, <laughs> oh God, please. Why are yeah, you doing this? That scene was hilarious and also, yeah, it hurt to listen to. <laughs> it did. And the fact that no one did anything, like, I imagine that Blurg fall over all the time. And I'm like, what is mm-hmm. like what is the general protocol for the protocol? Blurg collapses? Slash, what do Blurg and the Wild do when they collapse? Because I don't see any way that they're getting back up on there. Do they, like, does another Blurg come over and, like, Maybe nudge them back them up? over? Yeah. Yeah, that would be sweet. I like that's that. Why they, implies... That's why they're herd animals. Sure. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> For so well, it's for self-preservation, but not in the way you think. <laughs> yeah, not not to keep them safe from predators, but to keep them safe from falling over and dying. Yeah. Gravity. <laughs> yeah, gravity. I'm sorry, Danny. I mean, I do love that. Yeah, uh, a Blurg's biggest enemy is gravity. <laughs> like that. Well, look out. at it. Look at it. <laughs> its center of gravity is not great. It's not doing it any favors. Um. Uh. But. I lost my train of thought. I was actually going to say something was related, and I lost it oh, in the blurb no, talk. Ben. <laughs> Aynan and her brother um, uh, collapsed under a blur. You were talking leg. about pain, leg pain. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I just Lorna made a choice that Aynan also made. Yeah, I think that I just am thinking more about how hard it is to watch. You know, because I, I said earlier that I wanted I kind of wanted Kylo Ren to make the I get it. It's Star mm-hmm. Wars. Say what you will about the Rise of Skywalker, but it's like it's Star Wars, and they're going to they're going to redeem him at the end, whether he mm-hmm. earns it or not, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of a foregone conclusion. But I would have loved a, a version where Kylo Ren is just like, no, I'm I'm bad, and mm-hmm. Ray is going to replace Ray is going to replace bad to the bone. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I would love I would have loved to see that. Um. But now that I've seen Lorna do that, knowing the upbringing she had and like the people, yeah. everyone who's given her a chance might have hurt me more, you know, if uh-huh. <laughs> if I yeah. had had to watch Ben Solo do that. Uh-huh. So especially since in his case, it's people that you care about way more that are <laughs> know and have loved for 40 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That are letting yeah. like that he's letting down. Yeah. True. 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 But These also, are you, you get that in Legends to some degree, don't you? Well, I, I i'm not gonna get into that right now door for him and i was i, I yeah i'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna, gonna do you, i'm gonna do you a solid and i'm gonna pretend i didn't hear that just clo- close the door close the door <laughs> yeah know, it's, it's a good nice point to it's see. hard to yeah. it, it's a hard story to swallow when you know the people along the way that were rooting for the character uh-huh it was and yeah. I, I'm remembering which who what was who was the Jedi that was. Um... Oh, how have we not talked about Opal Red Sisters? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was saying it's literally just Opal right. Red Sisters, isn't it? It is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like it was so sad to see her letting him down specifically. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I know. But also, I'm really happy that we got to see her make this bad choice. Yeah, that was such an interesting story of that, like. Opa Rancisis, like, took on this ward, essentially, <laughs> yeah. who had no force sensitivity. Uh-huh. He was just, like, a war orphan, basically. Like, a, a freed slave mm-hmm. in a world where he happened to be. Like, that's a story we've never seen before. And that, I thought, was very interesting. Yeah. And I would, I'd be curious to know more about, like, how often are the Jedi sort of taking on other sort of, like, subjects or, you mm-hmm. know, adopting, like, war orphans, essentially, mm-hmm. that are not going to be their Padawans. 
Yeah. I would hope a lot, actually. Yeah. Um, it's one of the, because yeah. it's one of the, I mean, for the obvious reasons, of course, is that there are fewer war orphans, or at least that are <laughs> left to fend for themselves. But what Less is. war orphans is a good thing. Is a, is a the net. The Jedi good. Order is an institution for good. Therefore, <laughs> the Jedi Order should be working to reduce the number <laughs> of war, war orphans. orphans. Well, Got it. I follow your logic. I, if Jar Jar Binks can do it, then why not oh the Jedi? <laughs> you know what? Jar Jar Binks. Paragon think, of the Jedi Order's charitable initiatives. But also a Sith Lord doesn't track. Um, he can only be one or the <laughs> other. And I think we found the truth. We found the truth tonight, friends. Mm, it was um, all part of his plan. Jesus Christ. Mm. I had to be as believable as possible. Nope, not getting into this. Um, <laughs> I do... You're right. I but, prefer the Darth Wetbub theory better myself. <laughs> I do too, actually. I would prefer that. I just like to see... You know, going back to that kind of uh, moral black and white that I like to see in Star Wars is kind of a, an aspirational thing. I like to see the Jedi doing good things in this period and not being the Jedi who are um, afraid of the dark, as it were. If we're talking mm-hmm. about Luke Skywalker and the Shadows of Mindor, which I just finished up on my podcast, yeah. Bro Skywalkers. Um, plug, 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 <laughs> plug, plug. But um it's like that's a, there's a lot in that book that is ta- or not a lot but bits of that book that are like the Jedi Order of the prequel era is they've got their problems right we know what their problems are I don't need to let them out here but I'm glad the High Republic has really succeeded in saying the Republic is failing but the Jedi are still good and what happens with the Jedi is that obviously individual Jedi lose their way but they try to they side with the Republic and that's why that's part of how they start losing their way or at least that's what I'm picking up on and yeah. seeing Obo Rancisis do this, I'm just like, this is Jedi doing good on like a one to one level, and I love to see that. Well, and I think it's love particularly significant that. because Obo Rancisis is a Jedi who's still around at the time of the prequels, right. and so far, all we've seen of that otherwise is Yariel Proof being a straight up war criminal in Light of the Jedi. So it's nice to see that <laughs> at, at least at least Obo Rancisis like started from a good place before falling <laughs> sure. to the state of the Phantom Menace Council. I wouldn't think a neck like that would really be conducive to war crimes, but I guess he's really proven me wrong. It's truly, it's like the saddest part of the higher public is that we had to cancel Yariel Poof. Like, it's. <laughs> I wish you all could see my neck. I wish you all could see my neck bobbing back and forth very gently and slowly. <laughs> I wish you all could see my neck. Ben Erso, November 15th, 2021. <laughs> from the closet. From the closet. Notes from the closet. Sure. <laughs> I'm going to start a new podcast called Notes from the Closet. That won't be misconstrued at all in any way, shape, or form. It's about Star Wars. What do you mean? <laughs> What's wrong with the title? So I love, for all the reasons you just said, I love this this little side story or like this little side note of like Opa Rancisis, quote unquote, adopting Lorna. Um, and also, I wrote them all down. I love the nicknames that Lorna had for Opa Rancisis, including Slithering Hairball. And curly locks. Because <laughs> how could you not have derogatory nicknames for Opal Rancisis? Have you seen the guy? Look at him. Just. I uh, I appreciated those as well. I was a big yeah. fan. Um, I just, I love the Twi'lek French accents. Not in a weird way, mm. I promise. <laughs> it's just like, I think it's a, it's, I don't know. I agree. I agree. The the Twi'lek voices were really well done. The accents like sounded really good, and uh, I did. I got a little confused at one point when uh, Lorna and Sestin had scenes together because they did yeah. sound very similar. Maybe that yes. makes me a little speciesist. Uh, no, but... it's just true. 
it's just, I mean, in this case, I think it is just kind of, I, there were a couple times I think that I had issues telling characters apart, mostly mm-hmm. side characters. Um, so that's a minor criticism I guess I had. And you, Danny, you mentioned about how it got a little muddy with the flashbacks at times. That was something I noticed as well, but, um, Sorry, I took but that again, as a... I think that that sort of is sort of calling back to our previous conversation about like this is the first time telling us the audio drama in this way, and so there's bound to be a little bit of that as as you right you know, right work through it. Yeah, I just think that's and plus it's it's six hours long. Star Wars had never, at least in one, the other Star Wars audio projects, the longest ones are like two hours. The Dark Empire ones are like two hours long, mm-hmm. and even then, it's like those are all part of a series, so there's like a concise arc in each one. You get to split it up. Whereas this, I imagine it's hard to tell a story like that in one six-hour chunk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was pretty expansive. Okay. Some other notes that I wrote down that I felt were important to mention. Um, I'm sorry. Nye Hill? I hate it. It's, yeah. That's Apparently, not how that's it. how everyone in the universe is pronouncing it. Nye Hill? No, nope. thank you. No, that's not it. No. <laughs> it's not <laughs> Nihilism, thank you very much. <laughs> that was my. That was I. I thought the same thing, and I was just like five minutes in. I'm like, I'm just gonna choose to ignore that. I'm just gonna yeah. pretend that's not happening. Yeah, never heard that. I'm with you again, no, Mr. No. Rowe has had how many different pronunciations? Like we just. It, Han, I mean, it's I Han think, and Han. I think the the High Republic architects pronounce it differently. So they, I think they uh, do. Yeah, they, yeah. I'm. <laughs> I think we can pronounce it however we want. Yeah, that was the whole thing where Charles Soule was like surprised at how the audiobook narrator <laughs> yeah. like started pronouncing it, and then they just kept doing that going forward, even yeah. though Charles Soule was like, "Um, what? That's not right." <laughs> well, see, incorrect. What, what do you expect from a bunch of people who are obviously like very well read? They spent a lot of yeah. time reading things and not saying them out loud. Yeah, this exactly. really was. It was only a matter of time. And we've all been there. We all yeah. read. You read a word when you're growing up and you say it out loud and people are like, what on earth are you saying? That is not how you say that word. And this is just that. But Star yeah. Wars. Um, the opening sequence uh, with with um, Pan Ada and the bar took place on Tram, which was an ash world, uh, oh. a dusty planet with a cantina on it. And I just thought that was kind of interesting because we have we've had a lot of desert planets, but have we had a straight up ash planet? I don't think so. I think like, that's fun. And all... also, what happened there to get to, to that point? <laughs> yeah. Because they're usually still on fire. Um, right. So we don't have It's the like ashes. the cigarette well... tray of the, <laughs> the <laughs> Well, galaxy. it certainly sounds like it. It sounds like that's After... kind of the vibe they were going for. Yeah. After Rogue One, Jeddah's kind of an ash planet. Uh... Because that whole arc is called Ashes of Jeddah. Too soon. So... Too soon. Well, I uh, love Jeddah. Always will be. Mm-hmm hate that um we we met a couple of republic pilots in the opening sequence and they were straight up bros uh yeah. and also they had a huge crush on avar chris which <laughs> relatable <laughs> i was like who does <laughs> everyone who among does. us who like, among that was us definitely a self-insert right like <laughs> yes yeah absolutely um yeah. but it was fun to see them just sort of like freaking out about like oh my god that's avar chris <laughs> that's avar chris <gasps> And we're kind of freaking out, too, because it's like, oh, my God, we get to see Avar Christ, the presumed main character of the High Republic, who we've seen, like, three times at this point. Yeah, I was actually just getting ready to say that, where it's like, we're all excited because exactly what you just said. Like, she's supposed to be really important. We never see her, ever. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we'll get to see her in Fallen Star more. 
I have a few. Yeah, we'll see your we'll see your yeah. die. Yeah, probably with God. right along with the uh nope, Death go to the Star, dark side. So <laughs> the Death Star, right? Because Dakota thinks Starlight Beacon's a super weapon. <laughs> it is. It's a super weapon. <laughs> a super weapon of bureaucracy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And even if it doesn't. Even if it does, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Even if it doesn't yeah. have a big gun, it's already a super it's weapon, a weapon because it's right, out there right, right. watching everyone. Right. It's the police. And see again, it's being... the thing from Captain America: Winter Soldier. Basically, except without the, guns. without the guns. Without the guns. Then, when I first heard it, I thought Dakota was meaning that there is a super laser on it. I'm like, Dakota, nowhere does no, it say that. But then not, he, he did describe it as a weapon of surveillance. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah you got me there. You got me okay, there. Okay, but yeah. Ben, you're forgetting the Death Star principle, which is to assume that every location has a planet destructing laser on it, unless told otherwise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's just, yeah, that's just it's like Star Wars. Yeah, right. it's the Panopticon. It's just like you see it, you don't know if they're watching you or not, but they might be. They could be. They could be looking right at you. Absolutely. So you better yeah. shape up, bub. Basically okay. what I'm saying is that Starlight hey, Beacon bub. is the villain, yeah. and seeing it yes. fall in the next book is actually going to be a very positive experience for us all. I don't know <laughs> that I can get behind that. Um, they literally, <laughs> the marketing is literally who will survive. <laughs> you yeah. know, like it's miserable. Only bad things are going to happen in that book. Yeah, I don't trust Starlight Beacon, but I also do think it's going to be bad when they blow it up. <laughs> I also have gonna... a personal, this is like a, a major speculation a leap, but I have a feeling that it's not actually going to get blown up in the next phase because their marketing gets so hard. And I'm like, that the, the twist is going to be that nothing actually happens this Beacon, right? <laughs> And it's the a real star that falls like, like pushing Avar it as Chris. an inevitability. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> oh, yes. the real horror is on a personal level. Th- yeah. That's yeah, what's exactly. gonna really exactly. destroy us all. We we've known yeah, that I mean... from the start of this, though. <laughs> You're right. That's <laughs> what we signed up for with the High Republic. You can't show if me a character is... like Elzar yeah. Man and tell me to not fall in love. It just does not happen that way. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and I mean, like, if we could call any of them like the star, it would be Avar Chris. It because... is. She is the. Yeah. <laughs> Marshall of Starlight B. It's funny because Yoda, I think, is literally the Grandmaster. Is Yoda the Grandmaster of the Order at this point? Yeah, but he's who knows where, right? Now. But that's what I mean. It's like Yoda's <laughs> literally the Grandmaster, and it's Avar Chris is the one that everybody's like, she's still in the show. She's the one that everybody yeah. cares about. Yeah. yeah. Um, Skier and Keeve made an appearance, and or actually significant mm-hmm. characters in the first yeah. hour of this, uh, who yeah. I just recently met in Marvel's The High Republic. Uh huh. Um, but Good loved. Stuff. Loved seeing, you know, hearing from them again. And also, the, they, there's even like a little bit of... Skier's voice. <laughs> yeah. That's a great sentence. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a little bit of connection with the comic in their sort of playing with Skier, sort of kind of like flirting with the dark side a little bit in this as well, where he was kind of like a little bit on the edge. Yep. Not just Skier. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. I... I love those two so much, and it was great I do too. to see them here. The High Republic comic is one of my favorite Star Wars series right now. They're a great pair. It's really good. Um. Okay, there was a line... Uh, oh, when Lauren is first getting interrogated, uh, I forget her name. Is it... Uh, is the it Counselor Fry, maybe? Or, or maybe Counsel- One of them. I can't remember which one. Sure. But basically, the quote is, your teeth are sharpened. Isn't that a female thing? And Lorna says, I didn't always look like this. So, hello, trans Lorna headcanon. <laughs> oh, I like it. I'm here Even for it. Even though I know it's just like, yeah, 
the uh, they sharpen their teeth. I might have thought something similar actually when I heard that for the first time. It's just like, is that a what? what no, it's a male thing. It's a male, yeah, male, male thing. Right. Have the I teeth, and, and Lorna sharpened her teeth. Yeah, yeah, a little, little bit of trans twilight stuff little, going on. Yeah, she's she's maybe a little gender queer. Yeah, not mm-hmm. the only trans twilight we've seen in Star Wars this month either. So I'm, <laughs> I was going like, to say that's a that's, a, like, that's a, a running theory. A running, I'm building a, a lot theme. of head cannons about like <laughs> trans culture on Ryloth right now. So ask me about that some other time. <laughs> Love it. I'm here for um, it. What do Blurg do when they... Oh, we talked about that. What do they do when they fall? Uh, <laughs> oh, a, a great moment was when uh, Lorna and, and Panita come back to Ryloth, and Lorna's basically like, hello, Bala. And Bala's like, who are you? Oh, uh, you, like, no. you could hear the blood <laughs> drain out of his face in that moment. Delicious. Beautiful. Oh, it was really Loved good, because it's like, she walks in with this giant-ass Dewootin, and it's just <laughs> like, ooh, I have... I have made a mistake. (laughs) I have made some wrong turns in my life to have this woman pissed off at me. Yeah. (laughs) So good. (laughs) Um, Mr. Rowe's whole subplot in this was great. We kind of mentioned at the beginning, like his voice. Amazing. I love it. He sounded like a dweeb. And so I understand why when the, the Tempest runners first met him, they're like, Oh, let's kill his dad. We can totally (laughs) manipulate this guy. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> he's yeah, like you said, he's a mouth breather. <laughs> uh-huh. I thought it was great though, whenever he does whenever uh what's his dad's name? Uh... Shoot. <laughs> uh, Mr. But Mr. Rowe, Senior Rowe. Mr. Uh Asgard. No, no, Asgard. Whenever Asgard dies and Marcion comes to power and they're all kind of like, Oh, this might be harder than we thought. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's like, literally an oops, oh see. Uh... Yeah, it's like, it's like, oh, why do they like him so much? What's he's going like, he's on? He's like, steps up to the microphone. He's like, my father is dead. I did it. We will now crush the skulls of our enemies and grind them into a pulp, and I'll personally drink them with my morning protein smoothie. And the three of them are like, wait, wasn't this the mouth breather? <laughs> why is he so edgy? What, the, what happened? What happened here? Yeah, yeah. It's it was cool. very good. It's very yeah. good. I'm I'm excited to see we're getting his origin story comics. So oh, I'm I can't excited to see wait. how that's gonna <laughs> connect to this uh, this story here. Yep, I'm very excited for that one. And then my last note is that uh, so again we've talked about how we got to hear the voices of so many of these characters that we've only seen on the page, mm-hmm. uh, and including one Weppa. such character was the other. <laughs> well, yes, including Weppup, and, and then also Weppup's replacement Zetar. And uh, Zetar sounded like a Skyhopper favorite. Uh, Clone Wars <laughs> Season 1, the Shadow Virus guy. <laughs> yeah. It was literally the exact same voice. Yeah. Sure was. <laughs> so what's up with that? I wonder Everybody's who... favorite mad scientist, Ringo Vinda. <laughs> no, <Yeah>. I hate <laughs> him. I, heard, I like immediately got flashbacks to watching that episode and hating Star Wars with my entire soul. <laughs> Eva's coming for you, Danny. That's they do fine. not appreciate they, people. They could come for me. <laughs> they do not appreciate people. I am anti Ringo Star. What was the guy's name? No, his the joke is his name is Nuvo Vindi, right? But oh, okay. I always think his name is Ringo Vinda, which is another planet, <laughs> which is a planet in Star Wars. And I've just always conflated the two for some reason because I'm only human. I'm not perfect. Um but no, I fine. thought the same thing with Zetar. And I I just I can't take him seriously. I'm sorry. He looks too much like an Ugnaught. He's that little, like, he's the Warren <laughs> Davis species. I thought, yeah. originally, I thought whatever species he is, I thought it was the uh, the bounty hunter in Clone Wars that wears the big mech suit. 
Do you know what I'm talking about? Either of you? It's no. one of the it's one of Sugi's bounty hunter friends. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's the big mech suit? I forget. Suit? I remember the mech suit. I don't remember what that person you know, looks like. Okay. He looks like a little like <laughs> really stereotypical like tiny alien i was thinking like a lot of listeners are yelling at their podcast right now but then i realized no they're not because if ben or so isn't like <laughs> then no one knows yeah. this detail <laughs> yeah I, no uh, one else knows i don't know zitar was uh i did i he it was really satisfying to see him cowed at the face of lorna whenever she comes back that yeah. was really satisfying because i didn't like him that much so to see him really put in his place by someone that I love dearly was nice. Even though I was very sad that Lorna was in fact going this path. Like, no, Lorna, don't go this way, please, please. But I think her character will be more interesting for it in the long run, not having a defector so early on in the, in the initiative, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to, hmm. so, She's super capable. Do we think that she will ever successfully overthrow Mr. Rowe? Or is this just going to be a thing, them, like, circling each other the whole time? I don't know. Who do we think is going to come out on top? Or are neither of them because they'll both die? It's interesting because Mr. Rowe has been set up. I hate this nickname for him, but it's not going <laughs> really Mr. bad. Mr. Rowe has been set up as like this unbeatable foe. And like he the just, eye. We could just call him the eye. The eye, yeah. <laughs> he literally has a title. He already has a nickname. The U. We like he literally just unleashed this like terrifying weapon. So he's got that at his disposal. That's but every true. time we've seen Lorna D, we've seen her taking on and that thus defeating like a more uh, formidable opponent. Like Cassive yeah. in the first book was pretty easy for her to take out because he was a dummy and then pan ada was was higher stakes and like you got nowhere else to go but but Mm row that's a fun sentence or avar chris yeah yeah i guess (laughs) yeah so again it's interesting like again and sort of the double triple quadruple crossing like is she ever teaming up with him is there is is she trying to take his place does she not want to is she satisfied now being essentially the number two she -hmm. also is everyone in the world thinks she's the eye so yeah. like, is she okay being more or less the like the fake, um, the decoy for the republic? Maybe she's into want, that. I don't know. Do you want my high? Ta- just, you want my hot take? Yeah, let's hear don't it. think she is, but yeah, she is absolutely not cool with being second fiddle no. on the fake eye. Like, <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't yeah, think Dakota, so. we are on the sa- we're on the same boat there. I, yeah, I mean, the audio drama is pretty makes it pretty clear that that's not the case. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, because she even comes back to Roe and she's like making demands big ass shit right she's like she's like making (laughs) demands basically um i'll try to be brief with my thoughts i do have some thoughts regarding the two of them i Mm -hmm. think that martian row and i'm just staking my claim there martian that's what i'm saying that's how i say it too i'm not calling him mr row i just can't do it (laughs) but martian he's got the leveler whatever right that's the name of this big monster that came out of nowhere and completely ruined the end of the rising storm yeah. i mean that emotionally not yeah i mean that emotionally ruined us at the end of the rest yes storm. yeah that's a better way to say it um i think it is very early in this initiative that will probably go for at least three years for that mm-hmm. to be the main issue right it seems really mm-hmm. early my thinking is that martian is gonna go in super hard on the leveler He's going to say the Nihil, like, he's going to say to them, this is our chance. This is how we do it. And then the Jedi defeat it in some way. This is how we do it. Exactly. Exactly. And then Lorna's like, oh, look at this mouth breather over here. Look what he did. 
follow me. And she kills Martian, and she's the new Eye of the yeah. Nile. I think he's she gonna pull up some hollow vids from when he was a teen, and all the Nile are gonna be like, "Wait, that's the guy we're following!" <laughs> oh my god, we can't follow <laughs> with him with the braces and everything, yeah. like <laughs> star bra- space braces. Don't like, forget, they are space braces. Okay, braces. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's my two cents on what's gonna go down between the two of them. I think that Martian Rowe will likely die at the hands of Lorna D after he is so. killed. After he has killed someone important. But Lorna D also could be the one I, killing someone yeah. important because she's in the rising storm. She seems to fight Jedi like it is no one else. It's just whatever. <laughs> you know, yeah. she is like force like sensitive she without anyone else. Right. It's like she's force sensitive without being force sensitive. Yeah. So I'm going to agree with you with the caveat that I'm still not sure uh, or I w- this opinion might change if we ever learn what's happening after phase one in mm-hmm. regards to time. Because I still feel pretty okay. like there's a pretty good chance that there's going to be a 50 plus year time jump after phase. Really? One. Right. And that the High Republic, the three phases are going to span up to Phantom Menace. Hmm. Um, I don't know if I love that. I, 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 I don't I'm not ready to leave this period of time, mm-hmm. but I could see that being the case. And so if that's the case, then um, I would see that the, the, this upcoming book would sort of be a finale of sorts for a lot of these characters. Right, then the leveler becomes a, a threat that's dealt with, and then they get to yeah. take and a maybe back phase seat. two that is aftermath of the leveler. Um, Way down the line. The Padawans from this era are now the masters. Well, and-, and, you know, that would line up with, um, you know, obviously we don't have a timeline for the Acolyte, but the Acolyte is supposed to take place at the end of the High Republic era. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If it all kind of builds to that, then Danny, I think that's a great, that's a great point. Although I'm kind of with you, where it's like I, it's like, am I supposed I to just not. leave Bel? Well, I guess Bel Zedifar is young. <laughs> Bel Zedifar could still be Bell, around. Yeah, Bel could be around for a while. The, the Padawans, Grandmaster Bel for, and then he's just like, I'm too powerful. I need to step down. Yoda, you can come back and be the Grandmaster. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not fair to the other side for me to be. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we need to. We need to play fairly. We are Jedi. We can't take sides. Um, and then he goes to a small planet, opens a doggy daycare, and lives happily ever after. Ember actually outlives him. Um, mm-hmm. It's weird. He doesn't have to see his pet. I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> apologies. I don't know why I went to that dark place. But, but yeah, no, back I... to the point. Had I, I think I think your <laughs> thought is is a really good point. That like depending on the timeline. Uh, uh, yes, I Ro could Ro could yeah basically outdo himself with the leveler early on, and then that is Lorna's in to sort of step in and take over. I think with mm-hmm. the amount that we've seen of Lorna, and again, this is going to change when we get this Martian real comic soon, but like with the amount we've seen of Lorna, it's hard to not root for her and see her rising to the top of this organization. Yeah, She should be running the pyramid scheme. It's hard because you want that, but at the same time, it's like if Lorna's up there, I know Lorna will be defeated, right? The Nihil are not a threat by the time of the Phantom Menace. Yeah, I don't want to see Lorna defeated. I want to see her maybe just run off and maybe go open a doggy daycare somewhere. You know, <laughs> I don't see that happening. So I, I don't either. I don't want Lorna and puppies in the same space. Let's <laughs> yeah, just be enough. honest. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, a blur grancher. She becomes a blur grancher. She's like, okay, great, what yeah. happened to me will never happen to anybody else ever yeah. again. Yeah. If I have anything to say about it. She's like genetically engineering blurks to have a lower center of gravity. <laughs> <laughs> just selective breeding. Oh, God. Yeah. I love these narratives that only only emerge whenever I'm podcasting with somebody from Rogue Podron. <laughs> it is our specialty. Dakota, what are your hopes for the future of Lorna? Uh I hope that she brutally murders Martian. I sure. really want to yeah. see that. 
Um, yeah, I just, I want her to go as far as she wants to and then go out in a fiery blaze of glory, being as evil as she can be and wants to be. So it sounds like you just want what's best for her. I do. I do want what's best for her. <laughs> Objectively speaking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what's best for her and probably worse for the galaxy. Oh, for yeah. sure. Because if she's succeeding, you know a lot of other people are failing. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a zero-sum game for the Nihil, I think. Truly. <laughs> Absolutely. Do either of you have any final thoughts or feelings about Lorna D or the Tempest Runner or audio dramas in the High Republic or Blurg Physiology that you would like to share? Um, I can't wait for the next audio drama. And... Oh yeah, what when what what do you want to see for the next audio drama? Let's Ooh. let's uh, let's do some wish listing here. Web and, up, and like, obviously. how often do you want to see this? Because we've only had one so far. Whereas we had like the we've had like the trios of books coming out in waves. Yeah. Like, do you think that this should be more frequent? Is it kind of nice, like one audio drama per phase? What do, what do you think? I would love more than one per phase, but I don't expect them. I don't expect to get more than one per phase. Yeah, I don't either. Um, I think they are, I love them. It's yeah. like some of my favorite Star Wars has come out of any of these audio productions throughout the history of the, the saga, but I don't, I like them as a special treat. So I wouldn't really want more than one for fate per phase either. Hmm. Um, I would like to see them do something. I would like to even see them do something, take some influence from something like Ronan, for example, and do a character who's like, this is a character who is in touch with the rest of the galaxy, knows what's going on, but is like a Jedi who is kind of the be- like the beginning of Light of the Jedi. I think it was Light of the Jedi. Yeah, with uh, where Bell and Indira Stokes and all these other Jedi are on uh, El Frona, mm, yeah. where it's like they are kind of living their own life and doing their own thing out there. I would like to see that, but I also want to see Luke. The, the War Skr- Orphan Initiative. <laughs> Exactly. Something like that. Those are the things I like in Star Wars. Like Luke, Luke derping around with his friends at Tashi yeah. Station. These are the things that I want to see in Star Wars. Um, but I, I would like to see, obviously, there's going to be some conflict there. But I think that'd be fun if they really dove in. It's like, this is a character nobody knows. Um, and maybe it's not a six-hour thing. Maybe it's closer to three or something. Mm-hmm. But I think it. I think that would be a lot of fun. And I'd like to see that out of a future audio drama. How about a cute little um, rom-com about the mayor's son and... Um, yes, please. Absolutely. Yeah. And the I chancellor's son. Those... Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. With them. That would be a nice audio drama. Some Fine with me. Cute little shenanigans. Yeah, lots of it's kissing the... sound effects. Yeah, Maybe not that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, honestly, it's like that's the kind of small-scale thing that I like. That's yeah, I'm Dakota, my, I'm you're gonna, hired. It's... I'm gonna take my headphones off. <laughs> I don't know if that was your preview of the upcoming audio drama Robcom or your impression of Wet Bub, but either way, <laughs> why not both? Maybe it's a Wet Bub <laughs> rom com. I am I hate podcasting. All the bubs I will hate be wet. the decisions no. that have led me wet, to this point in my wet being in this closet. Web of his legacy is that he became the name for a, a, a sex move that <laughs> in the seediest of circles in the galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Ooh, you that's what we need in an audio drama. It's the origin you, I, story for that. I'm done. Okay, that feels like as good a I'm point done. as any. That's a good ending. Uh, any other pluggy plugs y'all want to do? Listen to Skyhoppers. Hey. Hey. Yeah, go do that. 
Uh, give them some money too. They've got a Patreon. It's fun. It's a fun time. Come be mean to me in the Discord. That's what everyone yeah, else does. Today yeah. was mostly bullying Ben, so it was great. <laughs> yeah, about really recording this points. podcast, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> this was actually some of the the like this had a really low bully quotient for most of the things that I encountered <laughs> yeah, today. Yeah. So believe oh, it or great. not. Great. Sorry, I should have should have upped my efforts. Should yeah, you should have start, really turned it on there. But all right. Whatever. Well, anyway, fuck you. And uh, this has been <laughs> the High Republic. Thanks for listening. Uh, Rogue Potter is a podcast. You can hear it. Uh, actually, go listen to our last episode. It was our interview with Emma Miyako Kandon, the author of Ooh. Ronan, and it was amazing. And the fact that we did two author interviews in one year uh, is just like blowing my mind into a million little bits. Uh, so check it out. It was fun rogue padron on twitter give us money um and then you can can bully ben in our discord too even though he's not there no nah, i'm not there uh, currently which we'll but... we'll take up after after the recording is done we'll, we'll discuss that choice <laughs> <laughs> uh but until then uh we'll, we'll be back with the next one and uh we say we are all the republic and you say no we are all the republic and you say nice <laughs> <laughs> yes. um for light and life is that for light it? and life, for... I don't know. This this sign off has not become as iconic as it should have by now. So <laughs> you say whatever you want. You know what? Pew pew pew. I don't care. Pew 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 pew. Sure, our chubby. <laughs> <Choo-bee. laughs>